Hello, friends. This is Nathan Powell. I co-host a brand new podcast called Dynasty Double Take with Dan Sanyo. We join the DLF family of podcasts with unique Dynasty arguments in a short 10 to 12 minute format. Dan and I love to debate Dynasty, and we hope you enjoy our banter as we discuss topics like trade offers, coaching, draft capital, and much, much more. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to the latest edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Once again, I am Dan Myler, your host. Matt is still on sabbatical, walking around out in the mountains somewhere, but I got Ryan back this week. Ryan, you ready for another show? I am ready, yeah. I missed you last week. Enjoyed the show with our buddy Jeff. But but I'm glad to be back in the seat tonight and ready to talk some some rookies, ready to talk some training camp. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, training camp already fired up across the league. We are only days away, really hours away, until the first preseason game, and then things really start going and kicked off. Speaking of that first preseason game, I fall for it every year, Ryan. Yeah. I watch it, and yes. by the end of the second quarter, I'm rolling my eyes or... Or uh, flipping through my Twitter, or I'll probably be looking through Warren Sharp's latest football preview since I just got that. Do you, are you a sucker? Do you fall for it too? Oh yeah, absolutely. This this time of year, and just these these last few days, or or as you said, the last few hours, I get so excited. I tell myself I'm going to watch every single preseason game. I'm not going to miss a snap. And it's the same way, like not only by the the middle of the second quarter, but even big picture by by the end of that first full week of preseason games, I'm just reminded that it's it's kind of garbage football. But we're ready. We're ready for it. It it gets us closer to the real thing. That's what's really important. Yeah, closer to the real thing. And we're, we're also thirsty for it, for real football that... A lot of us, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, are going to fall for the same thing and, and and be tuned in to see it, and we'll all be disappointed, but like you said, it, it gets us that much closer to the real deal. Early September, it kicks off, and all of our fantasy lineups uh, will will take off from there. On the, on the preseason conversation, do you feel like you ever really gain anything as just as a dynasty owner from watching that? Um, I, for many years, I thought it was not, it, it didn't give me much. I was, I was tuned in. I was paying attention. I was, I was on Roto World. I was checking four for four and, and all the updates and, and watching all those projections. And I really felt like I wasn't gaining enough from it. Last year, however, I was able to tune in a little bit more. Uh, I stayed engaged in, in most of the preseason and I came out better for the wear, I guess, maybe, because, uh, you know, the Tariq Cohen thing happened. And as soon as that started, there, you know, there were a couple leagues where I was able to bid on him and, and get him in leagues. And I really feel like if I wasn't actually tuned in, I might have missed out on that. So, and maybe that's just a really small sample and something that just worked out once. But there, there's at least something there, I think. Sure. I mean, if you watch a dozen preseason games over that five-week span, which may feel like a lot of wasted time. I think if you pull a Tariq Cohen out of that, 
and you get him on two or three or four rosters, that's that's probably worth it. Yeah, and it's it's probably worth it for the next five years now. I'll have to keep tuning in that much yeah. because it worked out once. Uh, so so maybe it gets less and less worth it as we go on. If Cohen has the type of season that I expect in 2018, though, I'll be I'll be real glad I was tuned in to watch the Bears play the Broncos last year in Week One of the preseason. So with that, let's uh, get to our main topic here. Uh, we're going to take one last look at rookie ADP and go through some of these rookies, the changes that have happened since the NFL draft, and, and how we are seeing some of these young players, if they're moving up or down, and what we're, what we're kind of eyeballing as this preseason not only starts, but as it progresses, what we expect to happen. Lots of our listeners, and even myself, I have rookie drafts still coming up. Ryan, do you have, I know you have a lot of leagues and stuff. Do you have any late season rookie drafts? I don't. I'm kind of jealous of you and, and anyone who does. Um, that's just, I think it's clearly a different dynamic as we get a look at these players, whether it is just through training camp or even if it's late enough that we see some meaningful preseason action, if there, if there is such a thing, but it's certainly a, a far different dynamic than, those rookie drafts that take place, you know, early in May, as soon as the NFL draft is over, which most, which is what most of mine are. So yeah, I'm a little jealous, but no, no, no drafts for me. Yeah. I, like I said, I have a couple left and I've, my home league drafts extremely late, uh, really the last weekend in August. So just before the, the, kickoff to the regular season and I've kept it that way and enjoy it being that way I've kind of come to uh, come to really like that just because it does offer that extra dynamic that a little bit more information uh, a lot of stuff that you don't see in those early drafts that you talked about in the days or weeks following the NFL draft you get to see in those late rookie drafts uh, for instance last year Chris Carson was a draft pick he, he wasn't picked in very many leagues before his breakout in the preseason Tariq Cohen went early in the second round that really wasn't a thing in in many leagues unless they they were drafting after the preseason at least kicked off. So we're going to start with standard league ADP and talking about players and how we see them in those leagues. And we'll also cover Superflex rookie ADP a little bit later. Let's start with round one in those standard league uh, drafts. Ryan, the first six in uh, ADP this month are Saquon Barkley, Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, and Ronald Jones. So dominated by running backs, something we've come accustomed really to since really since the NFL draft. There was some talk of DJ Moore uh, sliding into that top five or six. Uh, I know in the month following the NFL draft, Moore was the sixth pick. But since then, it seems like those six or seven running backs have been at the top of these rookie drafts. First off, how do you see these the, the top of these rookie drafts that are going to happen over the next three or four weeks? Uh, is that about the order you would expect them to go? It, yeah, pretty much. Um, at least based on what we know at the top, I haven't really seen anything that would change my evaluation. Obviously, Barkley is, is still alone at that 101. I've had Darius Geis as the 102 for the majority of the offseason and 
he's still there for me. I'm actually kind of getting pretty excited to see him in that, uh, in that Gruden offense. I, I guess I'm not sure what to make of Seattle, honestly, at this point. There's been a lot of discussion about them. Um, if you've been kind of following the crowd on, on Twitter, but we, we saw them talk, kind of talk up Chris Carson. You mentioned him. Uh, there's been positive buzz, even on CJ Procise as, as the pass catching back there. And yeah, these, some of these things are just not making sense when you spend a first round pick on Rashad Penny. All that said, I'm still pretty comfortable with him at the three pick. I, I think the cream will kind of rise to the top there. Yeah, I, I don't think dynasty owners anywhere should really take anything Pete Carroll says to heart and, and really put that in the bank as the truth. He He's talked so many times about other running backs in particular that he thought looked great and were shining in, in the preseason and throughout camp only to either be cut or not be used throughout an entire NFL season. And, and he's talked glowingly about Eddie Lacy in week 10 last year and how they were going to start using him and we never saw him hit the field. And when he did, he, w- he was not, uh, just not good. So, I'm, I, you know, the whole Penny thing I, I haven't been able to get on board with if there's one guy out of this group for me of this top six that we we talk about here, Barkley, Geis, Penny, Michelle, Chubb, and Jones, Jones is the one guy that sticks out to me at six. I currently have him ranked, and I just did an update on my rookie rankings at DLF. Uh, I still have him right up there at three, and I feel like that opportunity in that offense will, will, will give an explosive guy like Ronald Jones, uh, a chance to make an immediate impact. I know at running back, I always look at that a little bit more than maybe other positions, the the chance to to shine as a rookie uh, and, and get on the field is worth a lot for me. And, and as lots of our listeners know, I'm in a lot of salary cap and contract leagues. That also factors in for me as well. So Jones is the one guy that seems a tad out of place, like he could be a few spots higher. If there's a guy that you'd switch or flip-flop of that top six, Ryan, who would it be? I think mine might actually be Jones as well, but I'd, I'd probably be moving him down, actually, uh, okay. instead of up. And that's really more about DJ Moore than it is Jones. I, I just really like DJ Moore. We haven't seen a ton out of Panthers camp yet, but... I think he could be their wide receiver one pretty quickly. Despite all the running back love, I'm not scared off of some of these receivers. So I would take more still um, in the top six and, and would prefer him to Jones. Hmm. Interesting. So Ryan McDowell is not conforming to the ADP at all. He's going to put a wide receiver in that top six. Following those six, in the most recent ADP on DLF, we have Royce Freeman coming in at seven. Then your guy DJ Moore at eight. Carryon Johnson comes in at nine. At number ten, it's Calvin Ridley. Then Christian Kirk at eleven, and rounding out the first round is Cortland Sutton at number twelve. So interesting that you bump Moore up to six, and Jones falls to seven, or maybe even farther of this group, seven through 12. Are there, are there anybody out of, is there anybody out of place here and somebody that you'd move around? Yeah, it's, this is just a a really interesting group in the top 12 in that essentially the entire off season, we've seen these 12 locked in as, as the first round. 
in a typical year, once you get down to eight, nine, ten range, there might be little difference between those picks and picks early in the second round. And that necess- that hasn't necessarily been the case through much of the offseason. Now, I, I do think that's starting to change as uh, there's a, a certain player that we'll get to who, in these late drafts, not only is going to be a first-rounder, I think, but maybe even closer to that middle of the first round. So he, he will be bumping one of these guys down, and if I had to guess, it would probably be Cortland Sutton, who is sitting there at 12 right now. Yeah, Sutton's an interesting guy because, you know, I know it's early in camp, but there were question marks surrounding him coming into the draft and then landing in Denver with two um, at least established wide receivers already in place, question marks at the quarterback position, uh, at least to some extent, that it makes Sutton's immediate upside perhaps limited, and that might seep into the minds of dynasty owners everywhere in these late drafts. So he's the guy that I would probably think uh, is most likely to be moved out, if anybody. The only other name that I thought was interesting, and I agree with you on DJ Moore, I feel like he could probably move up a spot, maybe into that seventh spot, uh, or sit right there at eight with Kelvin Ridley uh, at that seven spot. Royce Freeman being at seven, that's a little bit high for me. I'm taking those wide receivers before Royce Freeman. I know our guy Matt Price is a Freeman guy, and if he were here today, he'd probably be pounding on the table. No, take Freeman. He's going to be a stud. Uh, (laughs) I like Freeman just fine and feel like he has some upside, especially, especially that immediate upside because of the lack of talent on the depth chart for the Broncos. But I feel a lot more comfortable with him in the eight or nine range along with carry on Johnson. Uh, it really feels like we are a solid eight deep here. Um, and then I see a little bit of a line for me with Freeman carry on Johnson and then those other receivers. Yeah, I think that's fair. And uh, as far as Freeman goes, all, all the talk we've heard so far is that this is looking like a committee backfield. And you talked about, the lack of talent there, of course, Devontae Booker has been there now for a couple of years. He's kind of the old man on the roster of this group. They have added Royce Freeman. They've added Philip Lindsay, uh, another rookie. And then um, they have D'Angelo Henderson from uh, last season as well, a rookie last year. And, uh, you know, according to these early reports, all four of these guys are getting first team carries and first team reps in practice. And, um, and then they've got one of their best offensive linemen goes down with an injury early in camp. Uh, we'll we'll kind of see how serious that is. Hopefully it's not. But all of that tells me that uh, I'm in agreement with you, maybe pushing Freeman closer uh, to the bottom of that round than the middle. Yeah, another another running back that's kind of lumped in there along with Freeman is on Johnson. And I have a lot of questions surrounding him as well. Another guy that I wasn't extremely high on before the NFL draft, and although the landing spot seems nice on the surface at least, when you look at that depth chart in Detroit, Ryan, it seems murky at best. Uh, There's guys there with specific roles. Theo Riddick is the passing down tailback. Garrett Blunt seems at least in line for short yardage and perhaps goal line work. Putting on Johnson at, as that 
quote-unquote first and second down back, between the 20s type tailback. you have any reservations about Johnson and what his role might bring and, and how that fits in when you're trying to prioritize these rookies towards the end of the first round? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Even more than his role, maybe just his injury history. It's it's pretty ugly um, as far as what he went through at Auburn, especially in the early part of his career there. And and he's just a guy I'm a little a little uh, leery of when it comes to that injury history. Uh, certainly hoping he can stay healthy because towards the end of the season there, as they were making that push towards the playoffs. He was uh, he was a fun player to watch, just running hard every single play and, and really carrying that team on his back. I, I like the player, but I've got some questions about the situation, as you suggested, and questions, uh, again, about that injury history. So that tells me that he's probably... I think I might take all of these receivers over carry-on. He might be, in my own rankings, he might be the 12th guy on this list. Yeah, interesting that you say that because when I did my update, I moved him all the way down to 12 with Sutton and Kirk over the top of him and a guy that uh, we're about to talk to or talk about. I wish we were talking to him, uh, <laughs> but we're, that we're about to talk about. I am I am inching towards moving him into the first round. So I have my questions, my reservations. Hopefully we get to some clarity over the next couple of weeks throughout training camp and then into the preseason what this his role will be. I'm, as I said earlier, it's murky for me. And I don't like to invest first-round picks into, into something that's quite that murky. A lot of times those are the types of players where I'm trying to trade out if that's the best option on the board. I think there are some really nice options in the second round this year, like a lot of dynasty players out there. I'm excited at the upside of some of these guys. Let's move into round two, uh, Ryan. Right now, ADP suggests that Michael Gallup, Anthony Miller, Mike Gusecki, James Washington at 16, Naheem Hines at 17, and Lamar Jackson are the cream of the crop of what's left over at the top of round two. Interesting that we have a quarterback in this group along with the tight end, uh, but these wide receivers, and specifically Anthony Miller, is the guy that's getting all the pub here recently as camp has kicked off. I, I seen in the ADP that he was going as high as 12, and as low as 19. So some people aren't catching on just yet. He, I'm sure, is the guy that you were talking about potentially landing in the first round in these late season or or during the preseason rookie drafts. What are your thoughts on Miller and how high could he end up if he has a strong camp and and it lasts and shows in these preseason games? Yeah, so Miller was was obviously the guy I was referring to that I, I do see cracking the first round of, of these later rookie drafts. And just to be clear with, with this data, this is ADP data that comes from actual rookie drafts that are taking place on uh, my fantasy league. They're all PPR uh, drafts. Dan, you had mentioned standard, but you were just referring to the quarterback status. These are all one quarterback leagues, but they are PPR leagues as well. But they also date the entire month of July. So that's why you see Miller as low as 19. I think if we're doing, if we could consolidate that data just to the last couple weeks and and look at that sample size, that would maybe even change things. And and Miller has been getting some, uh, some positive buzz, a lot of positive buzz, actually. And 
I think he could push Sutton out of the first round. He could push Christian Kirk out of the first round. Really, any of those guys. And I think he could go as high as seven or eight, possibly. Well, that that that's probably a little more aggressive than what I would expect. Now, anything is pop- possible if Anthony Miller catches a couple touchdowns in the preseason, especially if it's early in the preseason. These drafts are going to start skewing towards him for sure. Uh, to see him go all the way up to seven or eight, you'd, you'd see the guys that you mentioned, most likely Royce Freeman and on Johnson, possibly Kelvin Ridley even. That would be surprising to me, but certainly not impossible. I thought about moving Miller into my top 12 and settled on 14 and I'm I'm questioning if I made the right call. I was a James Washington supporter in in the pre-draft process. I like the landing spot, even though there are other receivers uh, in that Steelers offense that are going to get so many touches and so many looks that there's not going to be a lot left over for Washington. So I'm hesitant to move Miller over Washington with, with just a few beat writers' positive reviews. Seeing it is is a lot better than reading about it, though. And if Miller is able to capitalize on this uptick in, in value and show it in the preseason, it'll be hard not to move him into that first round for sure. At least as high, I, I can see 10, uh, 9 or 10, very doable. 7 or 8 possible, but it'll take it'll take a huge leap. And, uh, and you know, we haven't really talked about it an injury or two to one of these guys as well. And you'll start seeing those guys slip into the second round as well. So the others in that, in the top of the second round, as of this ADP, uh, Gallup, Gusecki, James Washington, who I mentioned, Naheem Hines and Lamar Jackson. Jackson being in that top 18 is intriguing for sure. in singular single quarterback leagues. You still have Lamar Jackson as your top passer in rookie drafts, Ryan? I've really been flip-flopping between Jackson and uh, Baker Mayfield, but Jackson's just kind of a personal favorite for me, a guy that uh, I enjoy watching, um, as probably most people do. He's such an exciting player to watch. And it it does seem like he's going to get a chance to play this year. There's that's, that's been in question. We've seen good reports about both he and Joe Flacco early in camp. So... We'll we'll see how this goes, but you've heard from from these early practices that two quarterbacks have been on the field at the same time. Whether it's Flacco and Jackson, or or even RG three mixed in there, that they're they're changing up this offense at least in small doses to try to get these athletic playmakers on the field. Um, as far as his value at at eighteen, I don't really have a problem with it. Looking at the names below him two other quarterbacks in in that range and and we'll get more into these guys in, in just a second but I, I just think his upside is enough that I'm I'm taking him over the rest of this this field and I think we could maybe make an argument that he should go higher rather than lower. Yeah, a couple names that stick out to me or at least one, Michael Gallup is at 13. I I've never been able to get on board. I understand that there's the upside because of the opportunity to be on the field 
potentially full-time. But that Cowboys offense is a huge question mark for me, and I have a hard time believing that a rookie's just going to step in there and, and, and have that big of, of an impact that early in his career. 13 seems a little high for me. He went as high as 12, so even landed in the first round in one draft. Um, he was the 201 back in the, in the month following the NFL draft, so... He hasn't really moved a lot. I know I'm not going to end up with Michael Gallup on any of my teams, Ryan. Uh, I haven't to this point, and I won't in these couple of rookie drafts that I have left because I'm just simply not going to take him in the 12 to 17 range that this ADP suggests. I would certainly take Miller over him. Gusecki I like more than him. I like James Washington as well as some other names lower on this list. What are your thoughts of Gallup, and are you willing to take him this high? I'm pretty much in agreement with you. I, th- I think we have to take into account what we learn from the NFL draft, whether it's just the team that the, the specific player ends up with or that draft capital, how high or, or I guess how low of a pick is used to acquire that player. So that's, that's all understandable that we would see him uh, gain some value with that landing spot. But I think we've probably just taken it too far. I agree with you that, that a lot of those guys you mentioned, uh, I would prefer to Gallup as well. And, and he certainly seems like the guy who's most likely to bust out of this group and, and just give us nothing. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And now watch, he'll catch two touchdowns in week <laughs> one and we'll, we'll have egg on our face. Ryan, the last guy I want to talk to talk to you about in this group of six is the guy who falls in at number 17. That's Naeem Hines, the running back for the Colts. An interesting jump or leap for him since the NFL draft. He was coming in in the third round uh, just a few months ago, Ryan, and now we find that his name is in the top of the second, or the first half at least, of the second round. So nearly about a nine-pick jump for Naeem Hines going from 301 to 205. I know you're a Heinz supporter. I have some question marks. Uh, I, I, I certainly question whether he is is going to be on the field enough to make that kind of jump. Um, I, I probably won't end up with him anywhere either, only because that's a big investment for me, uh, for a guy who's a pass catcher in an offense where you're not quite sure how they're going to use those guys. And there's another guy in place with Marlon Mack that fits the same type of description. Maybe it's because there's another rookie running back in Indianapolis that I feel has a better chance to get on the field and can get a lot later in these rookie drafts. Can you support Naheem Hines being the 17th pick in a rookie draft? Um, I, I mentioned that I might actually move Lamar Jackson up. And, and Hines might be a victim of that. So maybe Hines slides down to 18, but that's probably about as low as I could go with him uh, looking again at some of these other guys. So I, I think he's, he's certainly a product of the 2017 draft. We talked about all these rookie running backs that are at the top of the draft and they're there not only because of their talent, because of the draft capital, because of the teams and the situations they're in, but they're there because of Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt and uh, and Christian McCaffrey and, and these rookie running backs from a year ago that we saw have such great success in their first season. Because of that, I mean, it's just that recency bias that you hear so much about that the value of these running backs is changing. 
in Heinz's specific case, I think he's a product of last year as well. Another rookie running back that we were talking about earlier, Tariq Cohen. Um, and when you hear any analysis of, of Hines, you almost always hear Cohen's name that he's going to be that next Tariq Cohen. He's going to be that player for the Colts. And, and the other thing is, I think this just shows that we don't know exactly what to expect out of the Colts backfield. I know you're a big Marlon Mack fan. Um, there's certainly been a, a lot of support for Jordan Wilkins as well. We'll talk about him later. And, and then, and then Hines has his fans. And I think in the end, we're just not exactly sure what to expect really from that entire offense up until this past weekend. We didn't even know if Andrew Luck would be participating in practice or, or starting on the pup list. And, and we see him fortunately on the practice field. So I think all of those things are kind of pushing Hines up the board little by little. Yeah, and I'm okay with the comparison of Hines to some of those pass-catching tailbacks that you mentioned there. Uh, it seems a little bit rich for my blood, however, with those other options already in place. I am a Marlon Mack supporter, and a lot of that comes from not just what I, we saw from Mack a year ago in an actual NFL offense, but the just the opportunity that, that you expect him to get the first crack at having. Uh, hopefully he, at least in from my perspective, hopefully he gets that first chance. Now maybe Hines slides into and gets part of that role. Uh, maybe maybe others uh, emerge as well, including Wilkins, who I'm also a fan of as as a little bit more of a thumper and that downhill runner. And I, I it really feels to me that Indianapolis could use that a little bit more than what Hines brings. Now obviously uh, Hines, if he if he were to emerge as a guy like some of those running backs that you mentioned, Cohen specifically. It'd be hard to keep him off the field, and if he is that kind of tailback, I guess I'll I'll just be wrong about it. Nothing that I saw of, of from his college tape makes me think that he's going to be exactly like Cohen in the NFL. But I didn't even know Cohen was going to be Cohen until he he got to Chicago and and did it in the preseason. So a lot is to be seen with Naheem Hines. Probably won't end up with him. Uh, and obviously won't get the deal I did a year ago on, on Cohen with Hines because everybody's taking him already in the second round. Let's move on to the bottom of the second round, Ryan. Kalen Bellage, Baker Mayfield at 20, Dante Pettis at 21, then Hayden Hurst comes in at 22, followed by Josh Rosen at 23, and at 24, Dallas Goddard. Pettis is a name... That sticks out to me a little bit, Ryan. That opportunity seems similar to the one that like Michael Gallup will get in Dallas. Maybe not quite to that extent, but Pettis should see the field, uh, especially if he's able to make any kind of impact throughout training camp and into the preseason. 21 seems a tad low to me, but he, looking at when he was selected, as high as 18, but as low as 32, um, people are getting bargains on Dante Pettis, if you ask me. I agree, um, especially if he is falling really even further than this. But if he's falling into the third round, uh, that that makes for an easy pick. And I, I agree with you also that he's the name that stands out to me from this group of six. Uh, I, I, I do like the quarterbacks, both Mayfield and Rosen. 
but uh, overall this is this is an ugly subset of of this round uh it's i mean i'm not a fan of kalen balage not really a believer in him hayden hurst dallas goddard i mean those those are just murky situations we could easily see both of those guys as backups um not even short term but long term we we saw earlier or i guess we saw last week delaney walker get this new two-year contract extension which for me just makes me think of johnny smith i'm i've been a kind of a believer in him he's been a player i've been stashing at the end of my bench and um we saw earlier in the offseason uh, one of our favorites dan trey burton come in and kill the value of adam shaheen and it just makes me think that as as dynasty owners maybe we're outsmarting ourselves chasing these young tight ends and maybe they're just in general not as good as we think they are we're we're still caught up trying to find the next jimmy graham or rob gronkowski or or whoever it might be but at this point shaheen johnny smith have essentially zero value and maybe you've wasted a roster spot on them for um, a, a year plus now. And I could see the same thing happening with Hayden Hurst and Dallas Goddard. If those are guys you like, I think maybe rather than spending a second round pick on them right now, you could maybe even grab them off the waiver wire in a year or two and and not miss out on much production. Yeah, I've, I've had those same thoughts many times. But just to pay, play devil's advocate at, at least a little bit, I think for every every name that you bring up, uh, there, there are a couple names that probably pop out as, well, if, if you were thinking that about Evan Ingram, you wouldn't have been able to do it. And M- Ingram's a little bit different because he was seen in, in a little bit different light, um, but was available in the second round in a lot of rookie drafts a year ago. And although it wasn't pop or didn't happen all the time, it did happen. And, you know, those guys that, that saw the value and went after him when he was there immediately can now say, well, you know, what if the, the next guy to do that is, is Dallas Goddard? And uh, what if that, that guy is Hayden Hurst? Um, while I don't think that's the case in these, in these situations always, it's hard to paint, uh, paint all tight ends with that brush. I know that's not exactly what you're doing there, Ryan. But, you know, some owners out there like to roll the dice on those tight ends. And I was one of those guys getting Ingram uh, later in, in drafts and, and and came out smelling like a rose on, on that deal. So I guess, I guess if you are a big Hayden Hurst fan and think that that upside exists, Dallas Goddard, he's in that conversation as well. Uh, although there's a lot of competition, if you want them on your team, you're going to have to pick them in the second round, most likely. If they fall any farther than that, I guess you can call it a bargain. I'm with you, Ryan. Those those quarterbacks are intriguing for sure at the end of the second round, even in single quarterback leagues. Uh, but but those tight ends really don't turn my crank all that much. I think we're going to find a lot of names in round three that we would select over them let's move on to round three ryan interesting names at the top of the round number 25 is traquan smith 26th is jordan wilkins who we spoke of just a couple minutes ago at 27 is sam darnold who's finally in camp and then dj shark comes in at 28 followed by antonio calloway at 29 and number 30 to round out the top of the second round is Kiki Cutie. Any names really jump off to you as potential bargains, guys you should be targeting at the end of that second round that are falling into the third? 
Yeah, for sure. I think um, right at the top, Traquan Smith uh, has has gotten some good buzz. And um, I mean, even regardless of that, you want pieces of these offenses, right? You want pieces of the Saints, the Packers, the the Patriots, these teams that are consistent, consistent high producers, the Steelers as well, year in and year out. And if you did that a year ago, then Maybe you got uh, maybe you got Alvin Kamara or maybe you got one of these other guys that was, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, both of those guys in, in the late first, early second round a year ago, and, and you're pretty happy at this point. So Traquan Smith, probably not in that range of a player, but taking a third round stab on a Saints wide receiver is, is usually going to be a pretty good idea. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, we already talked about. Uh, he could certainly end up as a second rounder. Uh, in in these later drafts as uh, j- just depending on how that backfield shakes out and, and then we've heard some good buzz about both uh, Callaway and, and Kiki Cutie yeah Callaway is the name one of the names that stick out to me you know those tweets that went around about front office executives talking about him as a top five wide receiver in the class and off the field and, and other things kind of kept him pushed down landing in Cleveland um, there's a lot of a lot of competition for touches there, uh, what should be a talented offense. But he's a guy I'm monitoring closely and could see a big jump over the next four weeks. I think those of us in, in late season rookie drafts should be watching that closely because his name could rise uh, potentially into the second round. Um, Traquan Smith, another one. For the se- reasons you mentioned, Smith is a, is a valuable guy. I have him in my top 20. I think he belongs in the second round and, and creates a value at number 25 to round out the third round at 31 is Jalen Samuels followed by quarterback Josh Allen at 32. Then Chase Edmonds comes in at 33 followed by Jamon Moore at 34. Number 35 is Deshaun, Deshaun Hamilton. And then the last pick in the third round, according to the most re- recent rookie ADP is Dion Kane. This group is an interesting one. There's some names that jump off to me, Ryan. I know that Jamon Moore is an interesting one to me. Uh, same reason what you mentioned about Traquan Smith, potential of catching passes from Aaron Rodgers in a high-octane offense could be a value in the later half of the third round. Um, Deion Kane is a guy I've been supportive of. There's been some buzz about him in Indianapolis. If he's able to get on the field, there's the potential for him to make an impact right away as well. And then Jalen Samuels is an interesting name, along with Chase Edmonds. Both are playing behind elite running backs. And if opportunity were to strike for these guys in, in the way of an injury to the top guy, or potentially in Pittsburgh, if Le'Veon Bell moves on a year from now, which is likely there there might be some some dynasty gold late in the third round here at running back. Yeah, tons of great names here. Uh, I mean, when you think back to the end of the second round, I almost feel like I'd rather pick from the end of the third round than the end of the second round, which which seems crazy. The other thought I had, if your league is is just one of those late rookie drafts and that's kind of all you know, then this probably won't affect you. But for guys like you, Dan, who did early rookie drafts uh, and, and now you're about to participate in in a later rookie draft, it feels like you could almost kind of have that early valuation stuck in your head. I look at Chase Edmonds. Um, 
Jamon Moore, both of those guys are players I drafted not only in the fourth round, but late in the fourth round in these early rookie drafts. And now here they are a full round higher and, and could even go higher than that. And I think you have to be careful as um, an experienced owner participating in these late rookie drafts that you're not, uh, I guess, getting stuck in that value from two months ago or three months ago, but you have to really take in all this information that we have, whether it's ADP or training camp reports or preseason games, whatever it might be, uh, and really be willing to say, I know Chase Edmonds was a fourth rounder two months ago, but I'm going to take him in the late second because this is what we've seen or, or the early third, whatever it might be. And and that's why we're talking about it right now, because there there has been a lot of change, particularly in this third round. Three of those names that we mentioned in the third round, Jordan Wilkins, Kiki Cutie, and Jalen Samuels, were actually fourth round picks back in May. And then Chase Edmonds, like you mentioned, he was a fifth round pick in our ADP back in May, which is, you know, that's really staggering for those of us that that got that bargain and got that deal a couple of months ago. I think there's some dynasty owners out there that would say you should capitalize now while you can. Uh, I think that's foolish though, because these are all names that could we could see in the second round at this time next month. Yeah, absolutely. And and then to look at some of the specific players, um, again, I already mentioned Edmonds. He is. Uh, he's probably my favorite of this group as far as a player to use a late pick on uh, and, and then more and it, it, Kane again if if luck is truly back and healthy then that changes the value of the entire Colts offense uh, player by player I know Kane has been a favorite of yours I mentioned uh, recently on Twitter he's kind of following that Stefan Diggs path as an elite recruit a little bit of a disappointing college career a late round pick and uh, and then we'll see if Kane makes that next step in it, it, that Diggs has done and in, in that he's uh, now a, a very successful NFL receiver. But as you said, the, the buzz is there. We have to be careful how much of the buzz we're believing, uh, but opportunity is also there. You look at that Colts depth chart and, and after T Y Hilton, it's just a bunch of question marks. Uh, Chester Rogers and uh, Ryan Grant had a nice season last year, but he's got that injury, that kind of mysterious injury. And then a couple of rookies, Kane and, and Dries Fountain. Yeah, lots of lots of big names or, or big potential in that third round. I really like the third round, as you mentioned. Going to be trying to make extra picks in that third round when these drafts come up for me. Uh, let's take a quick break, Ryan. And when we get back, we will talk a little bit of Superflex before we sign off for the week. Hi there. This is Tom Kislingberry of the Read and React podcast. Have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? I know growing up in Surrey, that's all I ever did. Well, now you can, thanks to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team just like an NFL general manager did. Reality Sports Online was created by former NFL front office personnel. It features a revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fancy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent in single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams, and it's got tons of other cool features in addition to free agency, like a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contracts extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contracts and salary cap functionality, much, much more. 
So test your general manager skills for free at realitysportsonline.com in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, then use the promo code DLF10 to receive a 10% discount on your team or your league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Welcome back to the DLF Dynasty podcast. Along with Ryan, I am Dan. We've talked about some of the ADP for rookies for the us late season uh, rookie drafters. We're going to switch our attention over to Superflex rookie ADP. We've talked about a lot of these players, but let's fit these quarterbacks into into the conversation, Ryan, for those of us in Superflex or two quarterback leagues. Of course, it Starts off in the first round with Saquon Barkley. Still Darius Geis holding on to that number two spot and Rashad Penny at three. But then we start seeing the quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield is in there at four. Sony Michelle at five. And then back to the quarterbacks with Josh Rosen at six. It's an interesting dynamic for me. I've seen Baker Mayfield go as high as second. Uh, other quarterbacks as well go as high as second in these super flex uh, rookie drafts, Ryan. How high are you willing to take a quarterback? And this week, at least, which one would you take? Um, I'm really surprised by the by the ADP, and and this has been pretty consistent with what we've seen all season. That the running backs, Geis and Penny, uh, and, and sometimes some of the others, are going ahead of these quarterbacks. If it's my draft board that I'm making for a, a super flex or a two quarterback rookie draft after Barkley I think I might have three straight quarterbacks there Mayfield Rosen and Lamar Jackson um, and and then move back to the running backs it's kind of been a consistent thing though as I said that the quarterbacks in rookie ADP have fallen I've been uh, working a little bit lately with our super flex ADP for for startup drafts Quarterbacks have been falling in in those drafts as well, and it's just been so surprising. Dan, we play in a lot of the same super flex leagues. I think you would agree that it's almost impossible to acquire a starting quarterback in those leagues. And when you have a chance, when you have a draft class like this one that gives you as many as five or maybe even more potential starters, you have to take advantage of it and, and kind of forget that running back position for a minute. That's the thing. It seems like at least through what this ADP suggests is that dynasty owners are not taking advantage of that. Uh, Like you, I would take Barkley as the obvious choice at one. And I guess I can see a scenario where I would take Geis at two, particularly if I had a team that was stocked at quarterback and had a need at running back. I think Geis fits the bill and and there, I, I still do see that that premier upside with him. So he certainly uh, is in the conversation for for the second pick and, and even to three, four, and five. But after that, all those quarterbacks seem like they should come off the board in, in unison almost. Now, I understand that some people prefer Mayfield and others prefer Rosen. There, there's, of course, the Lamar Jackson bandwagon that's pretty full as well. But we didn't even mention Lamar Jackson in that top six. In fact, we only mentioned Mayfield and Rosen. So the fact that only two go and that guys like Penny and Michelle and even some of the others like Jones and Chubb are regularly going ahead of these uh, quarterbacks uh, offers offers a lot 
of smiles for my dynasty rosters. Uh, I re- I really like to see this ADP. Uh, hopefully in my Superflex rookie draft that's coming up, this is how things go because I'll stab a couple of these quarterbacks late in the round. Speaking of late in the round, following Josh Rosen at six, the bottom half of the first round goes Ronald Jones at seven, Nick Chubb at eight, DJ Moore at night nine, then Lamar Jackson at 10, followed by Royce Freeman and Carrion Johnson. Same story here, Ryan. Only one quarterback in these next six picks. It's it's almost maddening to see because I've been a part of super flex drafts and maybe I play with different kinds of players, but many of my drafts see all four of the main names uh, at quarterback being picked in the first round, and sometimes even a fifth guy with Josh Allen being picked among those top 12. Uh, I wasn't fortunate enough, I guess, to, to play with owners that were letting Lamar Jackson slip to 10 and Sam Darnold to fall out of the first round. Yeah, I agree. It's funny. We, we had, we released some of that super flex ADP that I was mentioning earlier and I I got some pushback on it, uh, which I understood because I had some disagreement and and confusion with it myself and that the quarterbacks were falling so far. And, and one of our readers at DLF suggested that maybe the, the people in these mock drafts just don't play in super flex leagues. Maybe they don't understand the value. And at first I thought, Maybe that's the case with this Superflex rookie ADP, but then I remembered it comes from actual Superflex leagues on my fantasy league. These are actual leagues where Lamar Jackson fell as far as 16 and uh, Sam Darnold fell as far as 20 in in a rookie draft. I I just don't get it. If I had multiple first round picks, I would I would get multiple quarterbacks if I could. Yeah, I just I don't even know what to say. As as great as this rookie running back class is, and and certainly some wide receivers that I like, we don't see quarterback classes like this volume wise, hardly ever. You know, you look at a typical year, and you might have one or two rookie quarterbacks worthy of a first round rookie pick, and only one or two teams obviously are going to get those. When you have the volume. You have to take advantage of that. And again, people are not. I I really like, Ryan, what this is doing for elite teams in dynasty leagues and really good owners that build their teams well and and continue to add depth and hold on to their draft picks. So, So typically you're picking in 10th, 11th, and 12th. And I think... Back in April, we we probably, if we were picking in those spots, weren't expecting to get any of these quarterbacks to add to the depth and add to the upside of, of our teams. And now this ADP suggests we're, we're going to have chances at that. And, and we have had chances at that in some leagues. So so I guess there is a silver lining if you're, if you're a dominant dynasty owner and looking to add even more depth, especially at quarterback. It's pushing some good quarterbacks down the list. Let's move on to the second round, Ryan. Then that's where Sam Darnold finally comes off the board at 13. Then Calvin Ridley at 14, another wide receiver run starts here with Ridley, Christian Kirk at 15, Cortland Sutton at 16, then Josh Allen at 17 and Michael Gallup at 18. Before we comment on the actual placement of these players, uh, anybody out there that's not playing in a super flex league, look at what this th- these five quarterbacks have done to the first half of the second round. 
now you're starting to see Gallup, a guy that was 13th in our standard ADP, or, or at least one quarterback ADP fall all the way to 18. Also, guys like Darnold and even Allen going in in the teens. Uh, and then those wide receivers that you, we regularly saw at the end of the first round are pushed into the second round. It, it, it helps rebuilding. I love what it does for a team that, that needs uh, a quarterback and, and still needs another position player because you can take that quarterback at two, three, or four and still get a guy like Calvin Ridley at 14 uh, to continue to build your team. But as far as this ADP, Ryan, Darnold being all the way down at 13. I was never in a league where, where he fell into the second round, I don't believe. And Josh Allen coming in at 17. That doesn't suggest there's a lot of difference between the two players. And everything I read and, and my personal feelings throughout the draft process and since separates Sam Darnold and Josh Allen by quite a bit. Darnold is is the best value on this board, isn't he? Yeah, he's not only the best value in the second round, he might be the best value of this entire set of ADP that we're looking at here. In my opinion, certainly belongs in the first round, maybe even in the middle of the first round. Uh, so so he's a clear steal here. I, I do think there is a, a value gap between he and, and Allen. Looking at their specific ADP, Darnold's is 12.3, making him the 13th player overall, as you mentioned. And Allen's, while he's just a, a few spots lower, his ADP is 17.1. So you see the gap coming a, a little bit through the actual ADP numbers there. Allen is is a tough one. I mean, we all know it, it's, it's kind of trendy or, or cool to hate on him, but I also look at his competition, and I'm, I'm certainly not wowed by them, A.J. McCarron and Nathan Peterman. We've seen reports from beat writers that Allen is the most talented quarterback in camp, and I, I don't think that's that's not really breaking news. That kind of seems obvious to me. I, I would have a tough time really deciding where to value him. And, and this actually, even though the, the theme of this discussion is the quarterbacks are going too low, this feels about right to me. Maybe I would move him above Cortland Sutton, but overall this, this spot of 17th overall feels about right for Allen. Yeah, I was going to comment the same way. I, I feel like Allen is probably the one that equalizes things a little bit. My main comment there was that Darnold is, is way undervalued. I, I think he should be picked fifth overall, not 13th. So those of us that are getting him that high, or, or actually that low, are getting a heck of a bargain. The, the end of the second round, uh, we don't see any quarterbacks in there. After Michael Gallup at 18, it goes Gasecki. Miller, Washington, Bellage, Hines, and Pettis. Uh, we've already commented on those guys, Ryan. So let's move into the third round where we see Hayden Hurst, Dallas Goddard, and DJ Shark before our sixth quarterback, Mason Ru- Rudolph, comes off at 28. Traquan Smith and Antonio Callaway uh, round out the top half of the third round. Do you, what do you think, Ryan, about Mason Rudolph? What do, you, what do you think of his upside, at least his long-term upside? And do you think 28 is about right for him, or would you take him a little higher? I think I'd take him a little higher. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier the the potential weight on some of these young tight ends um, and, and focusing specifically on second-tier tight ends. We see Hurst and Goddard 
uh, right in front of Rudolph. So I'd, I'd probably be more comfortable with him at the beginning of the third round. And maybe you can make an argument for him as, as the last pick in the second round. If things go right in Pittsburgh, we're waiting at least a year for him and, and maybe more now. Roethlisberger sounds like he wants to play two or three or four more seasons after uh, mentioning retirement early in the offseason. So it's tough to project what these aging quarterbacks will do as far as how long they'll play. But uh, again, for me, building a super flex roster is just about firing bullets at the quarterback position. And when I can spend a third rounder on a guy like Rudolph, who has a chance to be a starter in in one of the top offenses in the league, that's an easy call. Yeah, well, I agree with you that that I like Rudolph over some of those names that you mentioned. It seems to me like I probably value some of the guys late in the third round, those guys that we talked about earlier in the single quarterback league. So, so maybe 28 seems about right to me, but that's probably nitpicking a little bit. It's, it seems like a, a good dart throw. A guy is particularly in a league with, with large rosters. If you have 30 guys on a roster, especially I think Mason Rudolph might even move up just a little bit because if if, if you have those extra spaces in a league that, that puts such a high priority at quarterback, you have to have, uh, have a, a lot of a lot of darts to throw at the board, and Mason Rudolph seems like a perfect one. The end of the third round does not include any quarterbacks, Ryan. Uh, it goes, I can't believe I'm about to say it, but it goes ESB at 31, Jordan Wilkins at 32, Chase Edmonds at 33, then Kiki Cutie, Deshaun Hamilton, and Deion Kane to round out the third round. I can't believe it, but St. Brown cracked the top 36 in Superflex, of all things. Uh, I guess there's some upside there still, but I'm not taking him in the top 36 for sure. The only other quarterback worth mentioning, I think, he came in at 404. So 40th overall was Kyle Laletta. Are you taking him in the top 36? Do you bunch him in there uh, in the same conversation as Mason Rudolph, or is he a tier below? No, he's, he's actually... Yeah, I value him similarly to Rudolph, and I'm surprised... He didn't crack the third round, especially when my former wide receiver crush ESB uh, did. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's some kind of typo that that should be Lawletta instead of Equinemius. But uh, regardless, I would at the very least probably flip flop those guys and and maybe Lawletta in the uh, middle or, or late third is a guy I would take. Another interesting thing that Superflex did here, names that we didn't mention, Jamon Moore wasn't a top 36 pick. Of course, he came in at 37. And then Jalen Samuels was pushed to the end of the fourth round. Superflex creates a lot of value, that is for sure. You know, Ryan, I didn't have it on our agenda here, but I'd love to know your thoughts on it. Um, It seems like every year in the preseason, there's one, maybe even two or three rookies that make a big jump that were third round picks in May or June and suddenly are considered at the end of the first round or early in the second round, whether it is deserved or not, or whether they, they really have that kind of upside when the real lights are, are on, on Sundays. Is there, are there any guys out there that really look like values to, to you or have the, 
potential or the opportunity in their new newfound homes to to make a huge impact and suddenly rise uh like we have seen with Tariq Cohen and others in the past yeah I I think so and and we do seem to see that every year and sometimes it turns out well like it it seems it has for Cohen and sometimes we get I, I don't know I guess we get tricked maybe by some of this preseason hype, which uh, it's pretty easy to fall for, I have to admit. But looking back at that third round of our ADP, I I see three wide receivers who I think could jump at least a round from the third to the, into the second, into the high second even. Traquan Smith, Antonio Callaway, and and Deion Kane. Uh, Each of those, Smith, the first pick in the, third round Kane is the last pick in the third round and and we talked about each of those guys already if the positive news continues with each of them any or or maybe even all of them could crack that second round and and maybe even really move up into that second round I, I shouldn't be surprised really Ryan because you it happens regularly but you totally stole my thunder there uh, those were the three names I was going to mention as well. <laughs> of course, you know, we, we've seen guys rise and then turn out to be complete duds. I remember Zach Sudfeld, the tight end for the Patriots, that, that looked Gronk-esque in the preseason and did not catch very many passes as a professional football player when the real lights were on. So uh, I guess take that as as a cautionary tale. I, I agree with you. Some of those wide receivers certainly stick out as guys with opportunities Watch those injury, those all the news, especially those injuries. Uh, suddenly, Kalen Balaj, a guy that neither one of us are high on, but could all of a sudden get an opportunity with an injury to Kenyon Drake. Uh, anything like that happening can can fluctuate these values as well as these late season rookie drafts uh, come upon us. I'm looking forward to mine. I hope they go well. Uh, I'll be studying this ADP. Hopefully. This podcast has helped you if you have a late season draft coming up. For Ryan, I am Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We will catch you again next week.